You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And what's up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Rosvoglu Report. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure to do so on iTunes. And while you're at it, leave a five-star review if you can. Now, a lot to talk about for this edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And there's a lot of injury news to get to, both unfortunate and good news. Um, A couple of comments that I want to talk about, both from Emmanuel Sanders and Alvin Kamara. And of course, as always, preview the next game on the schedule for the New Orleans Saints, which is an interesting showdown with the Detroit Lions. And this is one of those weeks where I am changing my tone. It's not a must-win game. It's a you-better-not-lose-that-game. And there is a difference. You guys might be sitting here and saying, Chris, what the hell are you talking about, man? There's no difference. Must-win, don't lose. It's the same thing. It isn't the same thing. The Saints cannot lose against the Lions. I'll talk about it why later on in this podcast um, and what I think about that game moving forward. But let's get into some interesting comments that just hit um, the Saints news cycle today. And one of the most interesting ones comes from one of the new members of the Saints, Emmanuel Sanders, who was on Uninterrupted 17 Weeks podcast. It's a new um, show that they have out there. And he was talking about the way officials call Saints games. And this is interesting. This is a guy who's only played three games with the Saints so far in his career. But guess what? It only took him three weeks to figure out that NFL officiates Saints games different from others. And here's what he had to say, and I quote, I've never seen the type of calls that they're calling on the team over and over and over. I've never been part of a team where we're the second most penalized team. Now just being on the sideline, it's weird to see the penalties that happen. It's been in the league 11 years. I've been in the league 11 years. I've never seen the calls that they make and then the calls that we don't get, you know? Like I see a running back running down the sideline and I see the cornerback get held and I know the refs see it, but they don't throw the flag. Sometimes I sit back and analyze like what the heck is going on with these refs and quote, that's a problem. That's a problem for the NFL to figure out and I know they will never figure it out, but that is an issue. If a guy comes to a team and with three weeks, within three weeks, he finds out already you are not treating this team the way you're treating others, we got a problem. Look, do I think this is the reason why the Saints are 1-2? and two? Absolutely not. The Saints are 1-2 and two for a lot of reasons. Their undisciplined defense is one of them. Uh, bad calls is another reason, but it's not the main one. The lack of pop offensively is another issue. And not having a defensive line to constantly affect your quarterback, whether it's Derek Carr, Tom Brady, or Aaron Rodgers, is an issue. So those are all problems. The issues when it comes to penalties does not help. It's just kicking a man while he's down. But the fact that Emmanuel Sanders within three games already says, hey, look, something's not right. What does that tell you? Emmanuel Sanders isn't saying that, you know, all these calls are warranted. And look, some of them are warranted. But he's telling you straight up, guys, this is not okay. Like, I am seeing our team penalized because of the New Orleans Saints. And it's been some weird issue. And when the NFC Championship game happened, I know it's a sore subject for all of us, but when it happened... You would think that this, the NFL would make up some type of, you know, they, they'd say, hey, Saints are going to get some makeup calls for the next year, the next two years, or something like that. No, they, they said, screw the Saints. In fact, they said, we are so pissed that you're yelling at us for being incompetent that we're going to screw you over even more. And that's what they've basically done with this team. Now, again, they're one and two for a lot of reasons. It's not just because they're getting penalized a lot. Um, that is one of the reasons, though. But this is interesting that Emmanuel Sanders is like, hey, guys, we got an issue here. Um, now I want to switch gears and talk about a different comment on a totally different subject. And that's what Alvin Kamara had to say about his quarterback, Drew Brees. Now look, every week, the news story, 
the new headline is what happened to Drew Brees. Is this the end of Drew Brees? And everyone's so quick to talk about his demise. It's ridiculous. This hasn't been a good year for him on and off the field in terms of media coverage. But Drew Brees has been a talking point, to say the least. And Alvin Kamara was asked about it. And this is what he had to say. We're fine with Drew. It's early in the season and everyone outside of this building has something to say. Quite honestly, I don't give a damn. Drew has proven to be one of the best, if not the best quarterback year in and year out. I'm expecting the same thing this year. When you're losing, it's easy to point fingers and say that, but we'll get back on track and everyone else will shut up. And I agree with that. I am, I've always been a believer of winning cures all. No one was really talking about Drew Brees struggling in week one because the Saints won against the Buccaneers. They said, hey, look, Drew looks a little off, but we didn't really hit the panic button. Guess why? The Saints won the game. The Saints lose against the Raiders. We start sounding the alarms. The Saints score 30 points against the Packers, but their defense gives up 37 and they lose. We start spamming the panic button uncontrollably to the level that we haven't seen before. And I think there's issues with Drew. I've said it on the podcast multiple times. His arm strength is not there. And more importantly, he looks uncomfortable in the pocket, which is the bigger concern. I don't give a shit about his arm strength. He hasn't been a gunslinger for years now. He's not going to magically become one at 41 unless he starts finding Peyton Manning's HGH somewhere. It's not going to happen. And I agree, there are issues. But half the battle is winning in football. If you win a football game, you don't have to hear much from the media. If the Saints take care of business this weekend against the Lions, you will not hear a story about, hey, what's up with Drew Brees? You're not going to hear about it next week. Now, you might hear it if they lose the following game, but for that week, you're not going to hear it because the Saints won. So it's, hey, we won, get off my back. And that's how it usually is. So I, I really appreciate Kamara's comments there, and they are interesting for sure. And I agree with him. I do think this is the... The era we live in in the NFL, it's, hey, if you lose, we got to talk about something here. We need a headline. And what's a bigger headline than, hey, a future Hall of Famer at 41 years old is looking like a 41-year-old quarterback? Sounds stupid. It sounds obvious, but that is a headline for a lot of folks, so they're going to run with it. But anyway, let's talk about the injury report for the Saints. It is brutal, guys. It seems like this never ends. The Saints are never completely swamped with injuries. It's not like, you know, 10 guys go down like the Eagles or the 49ers or one of those teams. But when they get hit, it's usually a star player. And they got a couple on the injury report right now. One of them, who I know you guys are going to say, I can't believe you said star player and then say his name. We'll deal with it. I'm saying his name. Andrews Pete's not playing this week. Let's just state the obvious here. He got hurt. He hasn't been at practice the last two days. There's no shot he's playing. Some of you guys are sitting there, you know, throwing a celebration, clapping your hands, shooting off some streamers because Andrews Pete's out. Honestly, whatever. Screw it. You want to cheer about the guy's injury. I'm not going to stop you at this point. You guys already made up your mind about Andrews Pete. So he's not playing. It's going to be Ruiz and Nick Easton. I actually think that's going to be the better duo for the Saints right now. Andrews Pete has been bad. Now, Nick Easton's been bad too, but Nick Easton doesn't get paid $10 million a year. Andrews Pete does. That's the big issue. So no Andrews Pete. Jared Cook misses practice a second straight day. I don't think he's playing. He hurt his groin. Those, those injuries are nagging ones. The Saints' bye week is only two weeks away. I say Jared Cook doesn't play until the bye week. That's until after the bye week. That's just my opinion. I say he misses this game for the New Orleans Saints, which is interesting because could it be an Adam Troutman breakout game? Or can the Saints start using Taysom Hill a little bit more as a tight end. That would be something worth watching. And I think Jared Cook's absence, although it's a big one, opens up a door, opens up a couple of opportunities for Josh Hill, a Taysom Hill, and of course an Adam Troutman who we really want to see get going. If this opens the door for Troutman, Troutman might have a chance to take the job and never look back, but we'll see what happens there. You're asking for a lot from the rookie if that's what happens. Now let's get to the two big ones, the big injuries that can have a really big impact on this game this weekend against the Lions. And I'll start with the one that's fresh, and I'll get to the one that aggravates us the most. Marshawn Lattimore, hamstring tweaked it on, in practice on Wednesday. He was not spotted at Thursday's practice per Nick Underhill. 
And that doesn't mean he's not practicing today. He just wasn't there for the open media session. Look, the injury report's going to be out later today. My gut feeling is that he's a uh, did not participate, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's a limited either um, and just got a little bit more treatment during the media session. But I don't think Lattimore at this pace is going to play this weekend because think about it. You tweaked your hammy. You're going up against a wide receiver one in Kenny Galladay. Not a great matchup. And the other thing about Lattimore, what has been the biggest concern out of college? His hamstring. It's usually an issue. And now he's having that plague up for the second straight season. Obviously, the Saints need to be careful here. You don't want to have a flare-up. Probably going to have to sit Lattimore. And the big problem is these are back-to-back games where the Saints are going to play top wide receivers in Kenny Galladay and Keenan Allen for the Chargers game on Monday Night Football, October 12th. So obviously, those are frustrating ones if you're the New Orleans Saints. Um, But again, you have to have that next man up mentality. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Now, let's get to the final injury. And I'm probably going to go on a mini rant here. But once again... Not spotted at practice, number 92, Marcus Davenport. I I don't know what happened here, and I know some people are like, oh my God, why didn't the Saints put him on injured reserve? So stupid, they made a mistake. Let me tell you something. If the Saints knew that Marcus Davenport wasn't going to play the first four games, he would obviously have gone on injured reserve. Clearly something went wrong here, and clearly he did not recover the way the Saints thought he would, and because of that, Here we are. We're stuck in this mess where he practices one week. He doesn't practice the next week. He was limited yesterday. We'll see if he even practices in limited capacity today. I have no faith that he's going to play on Sunday. And now, if he does miss week four, guess what? Two firsts has just missed the first quarter of the 2020 season. And I think at this pace, if you're the Saints, guess what you're not doing this year when the season's over? You're not picking up his fifth-year option. No way in hell do you pick up this guy's fifth-year option. He hasn't been durable enough to play. And when he's on the field, he's really good, which just makes it all the more frustrating. I would rather at this point he would just be a total bust and you call it what it is and you move on. But the problem is he's good when he's healthy. So you give him chance after chance after chance, but how many more chances does he need before we say, hey, he's just not going to stay healthy. And I know what you guys are thinking. You guys are thinking, hey, Chris, you are on the Davenport is good bandwagon. Of course. And I won't get off that bandwagon because I think he's a good player. But what I will get off is giving this guy an excuse. At some point, you need to be healthy. And if you're not healthy, you serve no purpose in the NFL. You do. The best ability is availability. And guess what he doesn't have? Availability. And once again, the Saints are sitting in the same circumstance where they're saying, hey, I don't know if we're playing with Marcus Davenport. So it's frustrating nonetheless. I don't want to keep ranting about it. But obviously, this is something that the Saints have to be pissed off off with behind the scenes. And I would be too if I'm Sean Payton because you know how important this guy is to your pass rush and you're not able to have him on the field yet. And they're probably figuring out, trying to wonder, why hasn't he recovered the way they envisioned? What is the elbow injury? We never even got a full, uh, we never got it in depth on what that injury is. We're just told it's an elbow injury. Whatever, got to just play it the way it is at this point. But obviously, Davenport and Lattimore, if they're out, that is a huge loss against the Lions. Now, it's not all bad news. There is some good news. I'll give you the good news right now. Michael Thomas back at practice for the second straight day. He's apparently moving sharp. He looks good. You cannot hold some guys down. Michael Thomas is one of them. He's a dog. And I would be shocked if he doesn't play this Sunday because the Saints, one, need him, and two, he wants to play. You know he's probably sitting there saying, hey, look, if I don't get injured, we're 3-0 because that's the way he thinks. He's probably wrong, but that's the way he thinks that, hey, if I'm on the field, we're not losing a damn game. I need to get back on the field. And he will work his way on the field. And maybe the Saints use him in a, in a snap count. Maybe they monitor what he does. They only have a couple of routes they want him to run. But I think he's going to play Sunday because I think there's a sense of urgency with him. And you could say he's rushing it. You could say he's wrong. You could say whatever you want. But this guy 
is a winner, and he's going to try and be out on the field on Sunday. I think he will be, and that would be some good news because this Saints offense without Michael Thomas is not that good. It just shows you how valuable he is. And for the people that sat there and said, oh, how could you give him Offensive Player of the Year? You are finding out very quickly why he is the reigning Offensive Player of the Year because look what happens to that explosive offense, that offense that puts up 30 a night easily without Michael Thomas in the lineup. It's not that good without him there. So I think Michael Thomas will return, and that would obviously be a big boost for the Saints offense if he's able to play uh, that game. Now let's get into it. Let's get into the Lions-Saints preview. Oh my God, this is the game that you circle and we're going to sit there on the couch. We're going to be stressed. We're going to worry. And there's good reason to worry. On the other hand, there's reason to be confident. And one of the reasons to be confident is this Lions defense is not good. There's a lot of words I could use to describe it, but I'm just going to go with they're not good. Do not let their three picks against Kyler Murray distract you. Kyler Murray was a little too zeroed in on DeAndre Hopkins, and it cost them a little bit last week. What did the Cardinals do really well? They're running the ball pretty well in terms of yards per carry. Chase Edmonds, 4.3 yards per carry. Kenyon Drake, 4.1 yards per carry. Kyler Murray, 5.8 yards per carry. They're running the football well per touch. But then they started throwing the ball a little bit too much, and they were starting to play the Lions game, which you really don't want to do because that's not their they're not that's not their style. The Cardinals really are a quick team. Get it to your playmakers short and let them do the work. And they didn't really do that. They kind of pulled away from it in that game. So I think there's some areas where the Saints can attack this Lions team, but is Sean Payton going to let them do that? And what I mean by that is this is a perfect game where Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray should be the two guys in the game script that get the ball the most. And I know Kamara is going to get his touches. He's going to get at least 18 to 20 touches. Is Latavius Murray going to get his 15 touches or not? And are the Saints going to constantly do this back-and-forth bullshit with Latavius Murray where he looks good, but for some reason, in the second half, they don't use him. And it's frustrating. And if I'm Latavius Murray, I'd be frustrated because I'm so sick of this poor guy busting his ass off and playing well and getting a lot of yards per carry, and then he doesn't see the field. It just makes no sense to me. I mean, if you look at that Saints-Packers game, Latavius Murray was looking pretty sharp, if you ask me. He had 12 carries for 58 yards. That's 4.8 yards per carry. And even on the ground, he had that one catch for seven yards, so he was moving the chains. Why'd they stop giving him the ball? The Saints were running with purpose, with ease against the Packers' defense, and they decided, hey, let's go back to the, let's just go back to the pass. And it's either a Drew Brees issue or a Sean Payton issue. My God, it might be both. But it's something where for this game against the Lions, run the football. This is not a good Lions defense. This is a Lions defense that's ranked 28th in the league, they've given up an average of 409 yards per game and 30 points per game this season. We've seen them get blown out by the Packers. We've seen them give up a big lead, uh, a, you know, blow a big lead to Mitch Trubisky and the Bears, who in that game put up 21 in the fourth quarter. We've seen them give up 23 to the Cardinals, and if it wasn't for three picks, God knows how many points they give up to that Arizona team. So this Lions defense has holes in it, and the Saints should be able to exploit them. The Saints offense, I know they're not going to have Cook and they're not going to have Pete, but I think those are injuries they can replace. Pete, you can replace with Easton and Ruiz. Cook, you hope that you get a little bit more Taysom Hill as a receiver involved. And obviously, Adam Troutman, who did make his first catch with the Saints last week, and you're hoping that's something that he could build off of. I know one catch, for uh, two catches for 17 yards isn't exactly, you know, eye-popping and something that's going to impress you. But, hey, who knows? Maybe the kid builds off that and has a big game against a Lions defense that definitely is vulnerable in a lot of spots. So this Saints offense, can you attack them? But can you run the football and be patient? That's something the Saints need to do. Your defense is not good this year. We could say that through three games. This is not a good defense. And it's a defense that's going to miss Davenport and Marshawn Lattimore. Do you know the best way to protect your defense? Run the football, move the chains, 
keep their asses on the bench and don't have Stafford on the other sideline come to the field because that'll be an issue. So the Saints need to run the ball, be patient, and pick your poison. The Lions are not a team that's going to get after Drew frequently. This Lions D-line is not going to create a lot of pressure, in my opinion. Drew will have his time to throw, but Drew should also allow the run game to set up short and manageable situations where Drew, albeit at 41, is still a surgeon in that category from that 5-10 to yard route. He will burn you, and he will pick you apart if you give him the opportunity. So I think the Saints have an advantage there for sure. Flipping over over to the other side, excuse me, we got some problems here. We got some serious problems with this. In terms of the running game, I'm not worried. Adrian Peterson at this age doesn't really scare me. Carryon Johnson doesn't really scare me. I don't really like what the, the Lions have done with DeAndre Swift. They're really just using him as a receiver at this point. Don't know what the, the, the plan is there, but if they want to do that for another week, by all means do so. But there are a couple of matchups here that really, really scare me. And if you're a Saints fan, which you are because you're listening to this podcast, here are the ones that scare me. Kenny Galladay against a Saints secondary that might be without Marshawn Lattimore. But more importantly, TJ Hawkinson against the worst defense at facing tight ends. And I say this with no doubt in my mind. This is the worst defense against tight ends. Darren Waller had double-digit catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown when the Saints played the Raiders on Monday night. And then they played a weak, and I mean weak, tight end uh, corpse for the Packers. One that's filled with Robert Tanyan, Mercedes Lewis, Jay Sternberger, Let's check the numbers. Let's see what these boys did. Robert Tanyan, five catches for 50 yards and a touchdown, his best game of the season. Then we got Jay Sternberger, three catches for 36 yards. And Mercedes Lewis, who's 89 for his jersey number and is probably about 80 years old at this point in the NFL, he had one catch for 18 yards and a touchdown. Questionable push-off, but it was still a touchdown. So two out of three mediocre tight ends scored. The Saints gave up over 100 yards to the Packers' tight ends. I think it's becoming very clear now, guys. The Saints cannot cover tight ends. And now they're going to have their hands full with TJ Hawkinson, who had a pretty good game, four catches for 53 yards against the Cardinals last week. And Hawkinson, since college, has been a problem. Now, injuries affected him last year. He missed some time. But injuries are the only thing that are going to slow him down in this game. That's the only thing. If he gets hurt, yeah, he'll be slowed down. But if not, he is going to kill this Saints defense. Because he's a tight end, they can't cover him, he's athletic, he's a good blocker as well, he could slip out of the backfield and he could really work the middle of the defense, which has been a problem for the Saints. And the Saints could fix a lot of their defensive issues, but I think the issue at tight end is something that's going to last this whole season. I just don't think they're going to fix it. They haven't shown it through three weeks. They've shown that they can fix some other things through three weeks. This is not one of them. And I'm really worried about that TJ Hawkinson matchup. Kenny Galladay, it's almost like he's a superstar. Lattimore's missing in this game most likely. You kind of live with it, okay? But TJ Hawkinson is the guy where, granted, he's a first-round pick. He's not Kenny Galladay yet, at least. And you hope that you can contain him, but you have to understand that's not going to be the case. This is going to be a struggle for the Saints. And not only do they have those two, you still have a Marvin Jones. You have a Jesse James, who's probably one of the better backup tight ends in the league. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jesse James ends up having a decent game. Deep, uh, you know, People in deep fantasy leagues, if you want a sleeper, Jesse James might be one there. Uh, a slot receiver like Danny Amendola might have a good game. This, this Lions offense has weapons. They have weapons in bunches, okay? And they are going to exploit this Saints team and this Saints passing attack. So what do the Saints need to do? The Saints need to find a way to get after Matt Stafford. It's that simple. And I'm looking at one man to get at Matt Stafford, Cam Jordan. I feel bad. I, I, you know, I read the piece by Nick, and it was great talking about how Cam, when he's doubled, and how the lack of Davenport really hurts him. And I believe it. You can't be—it's tough to be Batman when you don't have Robin because Robin's equally important. 
when it comes to stuff like this. And, and, and Cam does not have his Robin right now because Marcus Davenport's been hurt with his elbow. God knows what he did to it. And it hurts. And I get that. And I'm not really trying to pick on Cam Jordan. But it's three games now without a sack. That's three games too many. And the Saints need him badly on the field to just produce. Even if it's one sack this game, get the job done. Find a way to create pressure on Matt Stafford. Because if not, he's going to pick apart a secondary that's pretty banged up. A secondary that will probably be starting Janoris Jenkins and P.J. Williams at cornerback. And it could be a whole lot worse. Ken Crawley might play at this pace. You never know. So Cam Jordan needs to step up. And if he can, that'll be big. Because right now, Trey Hendrickson's been the best defensive end for the Saints. And that's really not something that you thought would be the case coming into this year. He should have been the third best defensive end. But right now, he's been the first best defensive end for the Saints. And that's an obvious issue. Now, before I talk about who's going to win, what I think is going to dictate this game, and I've already talked about a little bit in terms of who's going to, you know, what matchups are going to dictate this game. Let me tell you why this is a you better not lose game. And I alluded to this before, and I want to talk about it now briefly. In the NFL, we always hear of, oh, this is a must-win game. This is a game. If you don't win, you're in trouble. All those apply to the Saints. But more importantly, I don't want to use this as a must-win game. I want to use this as a you better not lose game. And the reason why I'm changing the wording and why I think it's different is because if the Saints lose this game, the season's over. And by what I mean by season's over is we can scrap this Super Bowl dream that we all have. I'm not ready to scrap it yet because it's one and two. They didn't have Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas is their best player. If you ever had any doubts about it, it's been confirmed over the last couple of weeks. He's their best player. So, you know, you go one and two, whatever. It's October. Sean Payton teams are historically good in October. You're playing a Lions team that's one and two as well, and granted, they had a chance to go two and one if they won that season opener against the Bears. The Lions are just not that good of a team. They're an average team at best. There's a huge coaching mismatch here between Sean Payton and Matt Patricia. Saints need to take advantage of that. The Lions did not come into this year with expectations. The Lions came into this year with the expectations that Matt Patricia would get fired by the end of the fall. The Saints came into this year with expectations that, hey, if everything clicks for us, we are a Super Bowl contender. That's different. And I know you guys are probably saying, hey, we know one in three, you can't say the season's over. I think I can. And this is why. This is a Saints team that if you look at the schedule, they, there are a lot of tough games coming up after this Lions one. Right now, you are in the midst of the easy part of the schedule. Lions, Chargers, next two games, Panthers after that. After that, it gets tough. Really tough if you're the Saints. After that Panthers game, you have the 49ers. Before you know it, you got the Bears. You got the Buccaneers on the road. You have the Chiefs. You got the Vikings. It does not get easier from here. I know the Vikings stink, but they always give the Saints problems, so I'm going to throw them in there. If you fall to 1-3 and and you lose in October against a Lions team that is not going to be as desperate as the Saints, we got a problem, folks. We got a serious problem. I'm talking about a problem that is going to bother us until the end of the season. And I don't care if the Saints win this game by one. I don't care if they win by 10. I don't care if they win by 30. Just win on Sunday against a Lions team that is not that good. Just win, baby. It's that fucking simple. And I know it sounds crazy. I know you guys are going to say, hey, Chris, lately you've been sad. You've been depressed. I'm not. It's just that you expect a little bit more from the Saints team. They haven't reached it. But this is the game to prove it. If the Saints win this game... I will be very confident they'll go 3-2 and two into the bye. They're going to come out swinging, and the Saints are going to be able to make a playoff push. They lose this game. 
it is going to be tough sledding the rest of the year. Those are the facts. These are not, this is not some emotional decision that I make here. This is a fact. If the Saints fall to one and three, you are literally playing behind the eight ball for the rest of the year. And you are just basically always fighting this uphill battle that you probably are never going to win. One and three with a desperation game against the Chargers after that, that's tough. You beat the Lions and then you play the Chargers before the bye. Your your mood changes. You say, hey, we're two and two. We got Michael Thomas back. We got the bye week coming up. We'll be able to reload. Let's beat this Chargers team, be three and two, and we'll regroup after the bye and finally start clicking on all cylinders. And I think that's a message that this team can buy and buy 1,000%. No, no doubts for me. But you lose this game, we have an issue. And this is not a good Lions football team. This is a Lions football team that, granted, is coming off a win against the Cardinals, is supposed to be bad. This is supposed to be a four to five win Lions team. Don't be one of those four to five wins that they get. Don't. Take advantage. Play your game. Run the football. Try and limit the amount of times your defense is on the field. I know it's tough, but they got to do it. And they will find a way to win this football game if they can do that. But I'm telling you guys from now, this is a you better not lose this football game. They lose this football game, the Saints are going to be one of the laughing stocks of the league for the next couple of weeks. For the next couple of weeks, you're going to have to hear how bad is this Saints team or is this Saints team going to even be a 500 team? You're going to hear all that stuff, guys. This is the type of loss that you get when you're a 79 football team. If the Saints win this game, that's also the type of win equally and opposite in terms of opposite direction can bounce back and build off of that win and find a way to fight back and become an over 500 team going into the bye. So I think this is so important. I didn't think the Saints by week four are going to need to press on the, you know, start pressing like this, but they're going to need to. And there needs to be a sense of urgency from the first quarter, a sense of urgency. No more of those three and outs on the first drive. No more of those, oh, the defense struggles against scripted stuff. Play well against the Lions. Get the job done. I think the Saints can do it. I'm not going to make a prediction for this game because I don't want to make an emotional prediction off what my heart says, what my mind says. All I'm telling you guys is Saints better win this game. And if they don't, we'll be on here to have an interesting conversation on Monday. And I hope to God that isn't the case, but we'll see what happens. But anyway, guys, I want to know your opinion on this Saints-Lions game. What's your matchup to watch? Obviously, there's interesting ones. What happens? Can they shut down Galladay? Can they shut down Hawkinson? Can they contain them? And on the flip side, how do the Saints attack the Lions? I think they could run the football well and then let Drew Brees pick his spots, but we'll see what he does, especially if Michael Thomas is back. You know he's going to want to be slinging that football around the stadium for sure. But it's going to be an interesting game to say the, the least. Lions and Saints are usually close affairs, and Matt Stafford is fantastic against New Orleans over the course of his career, and I'm sure he'll play well on Sunday in that one. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Straight Up Saints podcast. Once again, guys, if you haven't subscribed to the pod yet, make sure to go on iTunes, hit the subscribe button, leave a review, give me some comments, concerns, things you like, things you don't like, whatever. Let me know and I'll get back to you. But that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week and have a fantastic weekend. And considering that my birthday is tomorrow on Friday, let's hope the Saints give me a decent birthday wish and actually win a football game in October.